Welcome to Active Life Passive Income, the podcast that shows you how to create the active lifestyle you always wanted through passive income. Now here's your host, Dr. Nate Lambert. All right, welcome everybody. I've got a very special guest on the show with me today. I want to introduce you all to Michelle Tucker. You're going to hear her story, but she has done so much in her life. She's literally bought and sold 500 businesses. She's the top closer in the United States. She actually gets 90% of all of her listings sold and 90% of all offers. So she's just crushing it. She's written a best-selling book, Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth, and she's just got a brand new book that's hot off the press. I'm going to ask her to talk more about it, but it's called Exit Rich. So she's been all over on TV, on Forbes, CNBC, CNN, ABC, CBS, Fox News Business. She's just got so many impressive credentials. So with that said, Michelle, thank you so much for joining me on the Active Life Passive Income show today. Thank you, Nate. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. And it's Michelle Seiler Tucker for anybody that's listening. Yes, Michelle Seiler Tucker. <laughs> just so that they Google me, make sure they Google Michelle Seiler Tucker. <laughs> yeah, don't forget that middle name. You get the right one. <laughs> so I'm excited to dive into more of your story, Michelle, but tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. What does your business look like? Tell the listeners a little bit about what you got going. So business or businesses. So I have multiple businesses. I learned a long time ago not to put all my eggs in one basket. I always make sure I'm diversified in industries and diversified in different states. Because, you know, I live in New Orleans, Louisiana. And during August 2005, we had this little storm called Hurricane Katrina come in. Yeah. And back then, all of my clients were here in New Orleans. And literally, almost all of my business owners' businesses went underwater. Literally. So that was a tough year. So back then, I said, literally, yes. So back then, <laughs> I said, I will never do that again. I will have business in other states and I will be in other industries. So I think every entrepreneur should do that. Like entrepreneurs that are just in real estate. I don't think you should just be in real estate. I think you should diversify. Mm. That's my opinion. Absolutely. So Michelle, I'd love to hear a little bit of your backstory. I mean, you've just hit such a huge pinnacle of success in your career with everything you've done, but was it always like that? Or how did you decide, hey, I'm just going to go and be a broker for businesses. And how did this all come about? Give us a little bit of the backstory. Sure. So I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always had an entrepreneur in my blood, really. You know, I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs, but my dad did own his own business. But even as a young girl, I always knew I was going to be my own boss. Number one, I don't like anybody telling me what to do. <laughs> it's like my biggest pet peeve. You know, my husband tells me what to do. I'm like, don't tell me what to do. After 25 years of being together. So I always knew that I was going to be in business. I never woke up one day and said, oh my God, I'm going to sell companies. But I've owned all kinds of different businesses and different verticals. But I did kind of get caught in corporate America where I went to Xerox recruited me. And offered me a really healthy six-figure income with great benefits. And I did work at Xerox for six months. I was there. And my nickname became The Closer. 
So mm-hmm. every time that somebody couldn't close a deal, they were like, well, get Michelle to do it. Get the closer to do it. She'll close it. She closes everything. <laughs> so I became the closer. And then within six months of being there, my supervisor came to me, my manager came to me and said, Michelle, um, we, Xerox is hiring a regional vice president and they're always from within. She said, I think that you should interview and throw your name in the hat. She says, you won't get it because you've only been here for six months and you're going to be interviewing against people who have been here, you know, five, 10, 15 years. I'm like, why would I interview for something I'm not going to get? And she said, because it's a great learning experience. You'll learn so much going through this experience. And it's true that Xerox has the best training in the world, right? Xerox has great training. So I said, okay, I'll do it. And she's right. It was a grueling process. It was a three-month process where you have to meet with all these high-level executives from all over the country. And I had to do Q&A with them, ask them questions to determine their needs and their wants, their hot buttons. Then I had to do a presentation tying all that in. Then I had to do demonstration on the Xerox equipment tying all that in. And it was grueling. It was nerve wracking and huge process. And then, so anyway, I ended up getting it after she told me I wouldn't and I beat everybody else out. So I'm like, I must really be the closer. (laughs) (laughs) You surprised everybody, didn't you? (laughs) I did. I did. So anyway, so I got it. So be careful what you wish for, right? Yeah. I hated it. I got it and I hated it. And, you know, I always tell my clients, if you got a really good salesperson who is, they call them the closer, you might not want to move them up. (laughs) You might want to keep them as the closer. But the reason I didn't like it is because in in, uh, Fortune 500 companies, corporate America, when you get to that level, you're having meetings to have meetings to have more meetings And I just didn't like it. I'm like, you know what? Let's just make a decision. Let's just get something done. Oh, no, everybody has to vote. Oh, no, it's got to go through the channels. Oh, you know, I'm like, we're not getting anything done here. (laughs) It's a total colossal waste of time. And you're paying us. Xerox is paying a lot of money to get nothing done. And so anyway, I told my husband, though, I said, I'm not going to quit because I'm going to go up that Xerox ladder because I was going to move up very quickly. I said, but I miss entrepreneurship. I need a business to keep my sanity. So then I started looking for a business. I stumbled across a franchise that had two locations and my husband knew the owner. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, gosh, I think I'll buy a franchise and operate on the side. And I said, no, Michelle, we know of you. We know your husband. We know your nickname is The Closer. We want you to partner with us, like actually be a partner. We'll give you equity. Plus, we'll give you a franchise. We want you to put us on the map. I said, well, that's great, but I'm not leaving a six-figure career for a company that's only sold two franchises. You guys can't sell franchises. <laughs> and they said, well, we know. That's why we need you. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. So I didn't say yes. I didn't say no. A lot of people think you have to say yes or say no. There is a middle road you can take. You can test the waters. So I went ahead and said, look, I'll try it out for six months and see what happens. So I did that for six months, kept my day job at Xerox. Weekends, I would fly all around the country to different franchise shows, franchise expo. I ended up selling so many franchises in that very short period of time that I quadrupled my salary at Xerox. 
So I knew it was time to go. You're like, no more having a boss. I'm going to be the boss, right? (laughs) No more having meetings to schedule meetings to schedule more follow-up meetings. I'm going to make things happen. So anyway, I did that. I ended up selling so many franchises and they did what a lot of companies do is they focused on sell, 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 but they never built the infrastructure to handle the growth. So what happened was they were over-promising, under-delivering. They weren't servicing the franchisees. Franchisees were getting very upset. I'm a partner, but I'm team franchisee. I'm on the franchises side, franchisee side. I mean, these are my friends. I went to their weddings. I go to the hospital when they have babies. Mm. I go to their birthday parties. I'm staying at their house. And my partners were upset with me because they're like, well, what team are you on? I'm like, I'm on the franchisees team. And they go, no, you're a partner. You have to be on our team. I'm like... No, you need to build the infrastructure to handle the growth. And I just want to do it. So I said, you know what? Our values are not aligned. And there's no way I can continue because I'm not going to dig a hole, a bigger hole than we already have and sell more locations when you can't even handle what you got. So I said, buy me out, which I did. And that's kind of what started. That was my franchise development, franchise consulting, franchise sales career. And then after that, I said, well, what am I going to do now? (laughs) And I said, you know, I'll sell businesses. How much harder can it be to sell a business versus a new franchise? And so then I transitioned to selling small businesses and then very quickly started selling businesses 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 million and up. And I also learned this too during my journey is what Steve Forbes says is true. Eight out of 10 businesses don't sell. Hmm. Eight out of 10. And Steve Forbes endorsed Exit Rich. So I learned, gosh, if I don't start fixing them and growing them, I'm going to starve to death because you eat what you kill in what, you know, my industry. So anyway, I started fixing them, started growing them. And then that's when I started buying businesses and flipping them like real estate and started partnering with business owners that really didn't have, they might have the core competency, but they need money or they need expertise or they need resources. So I started partnering with business owners and put them on a build to sell plan where we exit in three to five years for our desired sales price. Nice. So ultimately you were able to identify what makes that business sell? What makes them in the top 20% that, and then you're helping them get there and giving a blueprint for them. Yes. I give them a blueprint. I help them get there. I help them create the synergies that they need because buyers buy synergies. There's five different types of buyers. Buyers buy synergies. The more synergies you have, the higher price you sell your business for. Nice. And I know that you're going to be one of our keynote speakers in Mexico at this upcoming retreat, the Zenith Mastermind. We're so excited to have you. And my guess is that's part of what you're going to talk about is just what differentiates a business that can sell for top dollar versus one of the most that don't even sell at all. I'm definitely going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about the business landscape and how it's really changed dramatically even before the pandemic. And then I'm going to talk about how you should plan your, I call it your solid trucker GPS exit model, your ST GPS exit model before you even start or buy a business. And then we'll talk about the five different types of buyers, the different types of businesses, what business do you own and how you should really get out of that business you own and create a different business that's sellable. Um, And then we'll go into the six P's, um, the six cylinders. You can't run a business without operating on all six cylinders. So we'll go into great depth on the six cylinders. We'll talk about the business life cycle. Nice. 
Yeah. And then we'll talk a little bit wow. about valuations because I only have an hour, but it's going to be jam packed. You're going to drink through the fire hose. <laughs> oh my gosh. And we're going to get a little bit into valuations, normalizing financials, and how to create a bidding war on your business. Oh, wow. I can't wait to hear all that. And then for anyone who can't make it to Mexico, I mean, you've got this amazing book I see in the background, Exit Rich. You're, you write about a lot of this stuff in the book, right? I do. I do. I mean, obviously, Tell I can us more about that. in the book, but the book is right at 300 pages. I'm very fortunate and honored to have Sharon Lecter as my co-author. Sharon Lecter wrote Rich Dad, oh Poor gosh. Dad and with Robert Kiyosaki. She's been a New York Times five times bestselling author. And she's written several books, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill Foundation. Yeah, I so, just listened to the one about the deal with the devil book that she yeah, edited. Outwitting the devil. Outwitting the devil, the devil, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so she's a CPA. She's a financial literacy expert. And she's been an advisor to many different presidents. Mm, so yeah. that's what makes, and plus, there's more. Her husband is an IP attorney, intellectual property attorney. So at the end of every chapter in Exit Rich, there's what we call a mentoring corner that gives her perspective. And when it relates to IP, gives his perspective. So it's really good because you have my perspective from 20 years of being in the trenches. And my company, I've sold 500 businesses, but my company that I own has sold over a thousand. Oh my gosh. So you get all of my experience doing it hands-on Plus, you get her perspective and all of her experience being a financial literacy expert. And so Exit Rich is all about day one, starting or buying a business, what do you do? Mm. <laughs> and really all the way through, like I said, the GPS exit, the six Ps. It also talks about the seller sanity check, which is really important. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that if I have time when we're together. But the seller sanity check, when should you sell your business? Because a lot of business owners are like, oh my God, this is my baby. I can't sell my baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we really go through the seller sanity check and take our clients through these exercises to really determine, is it the right time for them to sell their business? Because it might mm. not be. If it's not the right time, I'm not going to push somebody into selling their company. And it has, timing is yeah. everything in selling businesses. <laughs> so we walk through that. We walk through, like I said, the six Ps. We walk through valuations. We go really in depth in different valuations. And we always also go into negotiations, like five types of buyers. They each negotiate differently. <laughs> Mm. You have to know the negotiation tactics for each and you got to know what's important for them. What's important for a first time buyer is not exactly what's important for strategic, you know? Yes. So you really got to know what different buyers want what. And then you got to really know about how to build those synergies. It's all about the synergies. And so many business owners are not focused on that. And that's what you should be focused on. Plus, Exit Rich is all, it's not just about selling, Nate. And a lot of people yeah. think, oh, I'm not, I don't need Exit Rich. I don't need to sell. It's about building a sustainable, scalable business. And if you are ever ready to sell, at least you have a sellable asset because so many business owners wait too long and then they don't think about selling until a catastrophic event occurs. And they'll call me up and say, oh, I need to sell because of a death in the family or the owner died. I mean, I had this poor little lady call me not too long ago. Her husband dropped dead from a heart attack. Wow. She said, Michelle, can you please sell the business? I don't know anything about the business. I said, well, does he have employees? She said, no, he has subcontractors. This is a construction company. Been in business for 30 years. I said, does he have policy and procedure manuals? No, nothing. Oh I said, gosh. 
does he have a trademark? Does he have this? Does he have that? And I'm taking her through a series of questions. And she's like, he doesn't, I don't know anything. And so he left her with a mountain of debt and nothing to sell. He doesn't have a business. He had a job. Wow. So Exit Rich is all about building that sellable, that sustainable business, that's scalable, that's sellable, because you never know. I just did a podcast with a gentleman. He said, well, I'm never going to sell. I go, are you going to die one day? We're all going to die. That's a reality, right? So you really need to think about your business as your retirement plan and really build a sellable asset. I love it. So this would apply to real estate businesses just as much as anything else. This is real estate. We work with real estate businesses. We work with multifamilies. We've worked with real estate investors. We work with a lot of clients that have a portfolio of strip centers and hotels. So this is for every business. I love it. Well, and all the mastermind attendees are going to get a free copy of Michelle's book. And we're going to include in the show notes, anyone else who wants a copy, definitely click on the link in the show notes. You're going to love this. But Michelle, I know you have limited time. I wanted to ask you a little bit about, was there ever a time when you thought, maybe it's that 2005, but was there a time that you felt like everything was lost and things were coming crashing down? And how did you get through that? Yeah, of course. I mean, (laughs) there's been different times when I've been in the middle of a due diligence with a multi-million dollar company. I'm like, oh my God, why do I do this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, 2005 was really tragic for people in Louisiana, especially New Orleans. Very tragic. And yeah, I thought about that for a brief moment, but you should always take a tragedy and learn from that, grow from that. And pivot from that and do things differently. So what came out of that tragedy was me saying, I will never just do business in Louisiana. And I won't just do m and I'll have other businesses in different verticals. I'm going to diversify. I'm going to get into real estate. So I think hmm. it's really important to use that tragedy because that's how you grow, you know, and use it as a learning experience to do something different. Same thing with COVID. I mean, same thing with this pandemic. I mean, so many people are looking at this and it's a huge tragedy. I mean, there's 10,000 restaurants that are going to go out of business in the next week or two. Mm -hmm. Huge tragedy for so many families. But you got to use this and say, okay, you can't quit. Yeah. Because you don't lose unless you quit. You don't fail unless you quit. You can't quit. You got to, you know, align yourself with a mentor or go to a conference like 10X and Learn from the masters who've already traveled down the road you want to go because if you learn from somebody who's already done it, your learning curve will be so much shorter. Your path will be so much shorter than if you just try to do everything on your own. And you don't quit. You align yourself with the experts. Your network equals your net worth. You hang out with the right people. You get ideas. You become transformational. Get out of being transactional. And you pivot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You figure it out. And you pivot. You stay in the game. You don't quit. I love it. It's all about pivoting a time like this with COVID. There's so many opportunities. It's a tough time for so many, but so many opportunities opening up. So many opportunities. And that's why some people are just upside down in debt. But I tell people, call me because I have a group of turnaround specialists that are buying these distressed assets. There's always a way. There's always an opportunity. There's always a way to grow. There's always a way to cash out if you have to. There's always a way to build your business. There's always a way to throw the box away and do something different, but just don't quit. I love it. So Michelle, you've had so much success. And one of the focuses of the show is to showcase what time freedom has done for you. I mean, you've sold 500 plus businesses. 
giving yourself so much in terms of financial opportunity, what has that allowed you to do with your life? What ways have you been able to contribute as a result of the passive income streams that you've created in your life? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, if I wasn't a workaholic, that would <laughs> that would allow me to spend a lot more time with my beautiful daughter who I love and adore. But yeah, I mean, it's given me the freedom that we're taking, uh, well, before COVID, we were taking four, five, six family vacations a year. Now with COVID, we haven't done that, but it's given me, you know, the ability to do that. Plus it's given me the ability to contribute to others. Um, there's several charities that I donate to. Plus there's a charity that I'm going to be starting a nonprofit called Tucker Teens and Tots. Nice. So, you know, I figured the more successful- Tell somebody, us more about what that's going to look like. Yeah. So what that's going to look like, and that's a lot of work that I'm working on, but <laughs> what that's going to look like is my vision is Tucker Teens and Tots is going to be a nonprofit that supports neglected and abused children. So children that get lost in the system. And my vision is to take entrepreneurs like Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, you know, Steve Wozniak, some really highly successful people and mentor these kids from an entrepreneurship standpoint. So become an entrepreneurial mentor, not not like big brothers and sisters, you know, yes, taking bowling or doing something nice is great. But really teaching them entrepreneurial skills and being that mentor in their life because they don't know anything else. And they just get stuck in the system. A lot of them end up dead. A lot of them end up homeless. A lot of them end up in prison. And they don't really have a, a good role model in their life. So my vision is to, the more time that somebody has, the more successful somebody is, the more time they have, the more money they have to contribute, right? So to really have, like, can you imagine if you're a child that got caught in a system and Bill Gates is taking you under his wing or Warren Buffett is taking you under his wing, you know? So I really want to create that mentorship plus real life entrepreneurial skill sets, teachings, business jobs, partnerships, even business ownership, Hmm. you know, because I can make that happen. I mean, I can very easily take some of these kids that have been through the program and place them in the company, place them as a partner with some of my companies that I own. So that's my vision. And what a powerful way to make a lasting impact on these children. So last question for you. And I know that the time freedom you've had is gives you the chance to do these amazing pursuits. But if you could go back in time to your previous self where you were just getting started, what advice would you give yourself as a budding entrepreneur? Yeah. Yeah, Everybody always asks me that question. And my advice is always the same. Surround yourself with an expert's mentors early on, Mm. early on. And Don't think about life as just today. So many young people are just caught up in instant gratification. Hmm. You know, let's go party. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. But then they don't think about the repercussions. They don't think about their life long-term. They don't think about their business long-term. You follow me? Yes. So I think, you know, just don't always focus on the here and now. Focus on what does this look like five years from now? What does this look like 10 years from now? And become more focused on the bigger picture and align yourself with the right network and the right mentors. 
Wow. I love it. Mentorship and long-term focus. You've contributed so much. We've loved having you on the show. I can't wait to meet you in person in Mexico. And this is going to be so exciting. And I can't wait to see your book and read that. And uh, congratulations on all you've done and the many, many lives you've blessed, Michelle, and look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. And a big thank you to Jeff Lamb because he's making it all happen. You know, he approached me at another mastermind and said, sure, I would love for you to do this. So a big thank you to him for making it happen. And I'm excited. I'm going to be celebrating my birthday there too. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. And you're bringing your daughter. So it's a family trip, right? I am. I'm bringing my daughter and my husband. Yeah. I need him to watch her. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'm bringing both of them. So, and I think I'm the last speaker on Thursday. Yep. You are. And my birthday's Saturday, so. (laughs) That's awesome. We'll have a big party. (laughs) Well, yeah, I can't think of a better place other than Puerto Vallarta to celebrate my birthday. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, Michelle, thanks again for being on the show, and we'll see you in like 10 days. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Nate. We'll see you. Thanks for listening to Active Life, Passive Income with Dr. Nate Lambert. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can download Nate's free ebook by visiting activelifepassiveincome.com.